Welcome to the Niche Enrollment Insights Podcast. I'm Will Patch, Enrollment Marketing Leader here at Niche, and this episode will be a bit different, but I hope just as valuable. To celebrate one year of podcasting, this week I'll bring some of our most popular Enrollment Insights webinars to you in podcast form. I've trimmed up the opening a bit, but otherwise all the content is there. You can find the slides and additional resources in the show notes, linked in the podcast description, or at niche.bz podcast. Hi, everyone, and thank you for joining us for today's webinar. My name is Kira Whalen, and I'm the B2B Marketing Coordinator here at Niche. I'll be handling the Q&A throughout the presentation, and any questions that I can't answer, I'll direct towards Will at the end. This presentation will be recorded, and you will receive an email with a copy of the slides and a recording of the presentation tomorrow. This recording will also be available on our Enrollment Insights blog later today. I'll go ahead now and hand things over to, our, to Niche's Enrollment Marketing Leader, Will Patch. Thank you, Kira. Uh, thank you to everyone joining us here. Uh, I'm going to be sharing five insights and then how you can use those in your marketing to parents. Uh, we'll be talking about the results here of the parent survey, uh, where we asked parents who searched for college with and sometimes for their children this past year. First up, just a few housekeeping items. Uh, they often come up as questions. So yes, we are recording this. I will be sending out a link uh, with the slides, some ad insights. Uh, from a couple surveys we're doing here today. And then we'll send that to you as a thanks for attending. You can view all the results uh, in detail on the Enrollment Insights blog if you haven't already. You can get to that using the shortened link niche.bz insights. As you have questions and comments today, you can go ahead and enter those into the box in the GoToWebinar console. Uh, that usually loads on the right side of your screen, and then Kira will be helping to this afternoon. So the survey itself, we ran this in mid-October through mid-November, and we received just over 1,000 college searching parent results. Uh, you can review the results and the analysis for these, uh, as well as the surveys that were complimentary uh, for preschool through high school parents on the Enrollment Insights blog individually. But today, we're just focusing on the college side. We know there have been a lot of changes in how parents are behaving. I'm already looking forward to the follow-up survey this fall to see how parents have adapted and how they're searching differently this year. Uh, first up here, just get everyone involved. One, to know how what you're experiencing. So take a few seconds here. Uh, we want to know if and when you communicate with parents, at what stage uh, of the process you do that. I'll be sharing the results of this in the follow-up email that will help provide some additional benchmark, kind of gauge where you are uh, compared to your peers. Good, so it looks like a lot of you are at least communicating with parents, uh, but typically not until a little bit later in the funnel. But yeah, we'll be sharing all this with you in the follow-up email. Okay, first insight here. The top three things that parents said they care about while researching colleges with or for their child are safety, reputation in the college, and the college website. You know, safety right now is top of mind for many reasons. You know, they're thinking, will my student be physically safe? But also, are they going to be emotionally safe? Are they intellectually safe? Is it safe to ask questions? Uh, the reputation is, is not a set aspect either. You know, they care about word of mouth reputation, academic reputation, the campus life, what sort of environment is it? Uh, and then other aspects. You know, what's essentially, what's that word on the street? What do their peers think? What do they know about the institution? Uh, one thing you can do is to use social listening to know what's being said about you, and then to have a role in that conversation with ambassadors, community stories, and other things that'll help build connections 
and awareness of your institution. Your website, of course, is very important to parents, so make information easy to find and address pain points. Remember that a lot of people are coming to your site from searches, and when they're doing that, every page on your site becomes a landing page. So don't expect your homepage or admissions pages to be the only entry points. So make every page on your site essentially an admissions page. We see here the full results. You can see a little bigger version of this on the Enrollment Insights blog with the full results. Uh, the campus visit greatly outpaced virtual tours and events in importance as well. Uh, more than twice as many parents felt the campus visit was important, and three times as many said the virtual tour or event was not at all important in their process. The net price calculator is also important to parents, so make that easy to access, and you can use that as an inquiry generation tool as well. So as people use it, have a way for them to say, this is interesting, I want to learn more about the school, uh, and then have a way for them to fill out an inquiry form. Reviews are important by themselves, but also play into that reputation aspect. Uh, they can also be used as an unsolicited proof point for other aspects that are important to the family. So take reviews from Niche, from Google, from Facebook, uh, and then add them into your Comflows uh, or digital marketing then and evaluate the effect on the engagement and conversion rates. My own experience from using them in Comflows with parents uh, and, and students was that adding in reviews, adding in these proof points uh, really helped the conversion rate. They were more likely to take that next step. So how to use this. Parents and students care about safety even more now, so just address it head on. You know, you have that information already on your sites. You now also know this is a year of crisis management under your belt. So talk about your own successes, but also how you have adapted to issues and concerns that have come up this past year. Use student and parent stories to elevate your storytelling and marketing. Have them talk about what they love about campus, of course, but then what's their experience when they're, when they're experiencing your, your environment remotely? Because we don't know, you know, is this going to carry on into the fall? Will this come up in the future? That's at least in the back of their minds now. So if they can talk about, if you have a current student, a current parent who can come in and say, yeah, it was a little rocky at first, but they did a great job transitioning. I'm really enjoying my remote experience now. Uh, I still feel like I'm a member of the community. That's going to go a long way. We see that most parents are involved in the college search, with 87% researching with their child, 4% saying they're primarily doing it for them. In spite of that, over three years of secret shopping colleges, I have never once received a parent communication at the inquiry or prospect stage. So even if you just have very little information about a student, there's a really, really easy way to reach out to parents. Just ask the student. You know, have a supplemental form and ask if they would like for their parent to receive information, uh, you know, about the process, about your college itself, and a lot of them will. And even if you don't have the email address for the parents, you do have their home address. So you can send them a simple postcard with some quick facts and then opt-in URL to receive more via email. So the parents who want to be more involved and want to hear more from you have a way to do so. When we're looking at national trends, we see that Midwest parents were the most likely to say that they were involved in the college search while those living in the Western US were the least involved. Now it doesn't mean uninvolved, that's the least involved. 90% still searched with their students, but 96% of Midwestern parents did. You know, even on the lowest involvement, this should still highlight the importance of parent communication, how important it is because they are researching with their students. 
Rural and suburban parents were equally involved, but 13% of parents in urban areas reported not being involved. But that's still 87% who were involved in that research. Uh, we also saw some interesting differences in the final enrollment decision, not just the research, but where did they decide to enroll? The parents who said that they were not involved in researching colleges with their child were the most likely to report that they enrolled at either a public four-year college or a for-profit college. 69% chose a public four-year and 1% chose for-profit. They were the least likely to enroll at two-year or a private four-year college as well. Those who looked together with their students were the most likely to have a child enroll at a private four-year college with 30%. And only 8% chose a two-year college. So that could be an area where two-year colleges have a targeted parent education program about what that environment is. You know, maybe there's some things the parents don't understand that you can help. Parents who said they primarily did the college search for their child were the most likely to say that they enrolled at a two-year college. So that's an interesting difference there, that if they looked with their child, they were the least likely to enroll at a two-year. But if they did it for them, they were the most likely to enroll at a two-year. So again here, don't wait until a student applies to introduce your institution to their parents. They, the parents themselves can influence where the student applies to begin with. Include parents early in your process, be specific with your information. It might be just to share stories from other parents who are going through the same thing, uh, from current students, but address pain points. Uh, you know, maybe it's an awareness campaign, you know, or, or maybe you just want an educational branding campaign for who you are, what you stand for, and why you should be considered. Don't look for a reason that you can't reach out to parents. Find ways to support them in this big transition as well. Okay, third insight here. We asked when they started actively researching colleges for or with their child, and parents who considered for-profit colleges had the longest search cycle, while those who considered a two-year college had the shortest. So at that consideration phase, when they first begin researching, we see higher numbers of parents who started their research more than a year before their child enrolled. While no colleges had particularly large numbers of parents starting the search six months or less, two-year colleges were the most likely to be considered by those who did, and private four-year colleges were the least likely. So they had a little bit longer range in there. When we start to look at where their child ultimately enrolled in their timeline, uh, we see a much stronger trend. The less time that they research colleges, the more likely they were to choose a public four-year or two-year institution. Private institutions have the best chance when the student starts looking the fall of their junior year or earlier, so two years out. You know, we see that trend just drop off quite a bit there, which means that there's lower, that much longer uh, communication plans, and you need to have much more engaging content along that. If you're starting to talk, you know, in their sophomore year, you don't want to have to keep trying to say the same things over and over again. There's much less effectiveness in a spring campaign uh, for a private institution as well to bring in new inquiries and applicants because the people who are just starting to look in the spring and summer are less likely to enroll at a private institution. For-profit here was a med because the number of parents reporting that their child enrolled at for-profit was just too low to have any sort of trend there. At private four-year colleges, it really highlights the need to get in front of families researching colleges the earliest. Uh, you can really extend your network and partnerships and so 
organizations like Th like Niche, with independent educational consultants, uh, with high school counselors, and really think about how to engage other parents to be your influencers. Uh, these are your influence the influencer campaigns. How are you going to get the word out to the people who can ultimately help you enroll many more people uh, rather than just trying this one-to-one -one all the time? There's still plenty of impact to be made in public four-year and two-year colleges and finding new families just starting their college search in the spring and summer as well. We know that you have a higher likelihood of actually having those students yield. So doing the spring campaigns, doing the early summer campaigns uh, is still something very worthwhile. For-profit colleges appear to have a longer research cycle. So finding families with interest before their junior year and then nurturing them is going to be an important tactic there as well. When we look at our fourth insight here, both in urbanicity of the area and in the census area, there were trends in the type of college considered. So your recruiting plan doesn't just need to be a one-size-fits-all. You can have different strategies for suburban students, urban students, rural students. You might have a Midwest plan. You might have a West Coast plan. Try different strategies to maximize your impact. Two-year colleges were most likely to be considered by rural, rural parents, as were public four-year colleges. Suburban parents were the only one to have the majority consider private four-year college options as well. So when you're doing outreach, uh, you know, think a little bit differently in how you're approaching these based on where the family lives. When we take a look at U.S. Census regions, we see two-year colleges with some work to do in the Northeast and the U.S. territories, uh, especially to earn some more consideration. Across the continental U.S., public four-year colleges were considered by most families. When we get to the territories, they were less likely to be considered than private four-year colleges. In the Midwest and the Northeast, uh, these were the only areas where a majority of parents are considering private institutions for their children. And then we see for-profit colleges overall having low consideration, uh, but are most likely to be researched by Midwestern families. So vary your tactics and messages by the location. You know, rural families have different considerations and concerns than urban families, and you know where the students live. You know, this takes more, more work, uh, but the more you can target your messaging to be relevant to the recipient, whether that's a student or a parent, the more effective it's going to be. So experiment with different targeting and messaging to find the right combination for your institution. When you're using digital marketing, speak directly to the parents based on their location. Gather parent stories with photos, short video testimonials, and connect their experience as coming from that area to your institution. So you might have a specific campaign for the greater Chicago area that's completely different than uh, something for Atlanta or something for rural Idaho. You know, you don't need to have a one-size-fits-all because ultimately you're going to be okay in a lot of areas, but the more you can speak directly to that location and their experiences, the better off you'll be. Last insight here, we're seeing parents want their children to attend colleges closer to home, and students have said the same thing in our prior surveys back in the fall, but again, we see differences in the extent to which they want their child to stay close to home. So just to highlight a couple of those, parents in the bottom two income quintiles, so under 50,000 a year, were 10 percentage points more likely to report that proximity was important than their peers in the highest two income quintiles. And for parents in the highest income quintile, uh, so those earning over 130,000 a year, it drops to only 
saying that it's important for their child to stay close to home. That's still the majority, though. So it's on parents' minds right now. But the higher the household income, the more likely they are to be willing to venture from home. We also see that first-generation students are more likely to have parents who want them to stay close to home. So if you're recruiting first-gen students uh, from further away from your campus, that's something you'll need to keep in, in mind. You know, be sure to keep parents involved. Talk to them about support services, the benefits of living on campus, uh, but just know that the parents at least, uh, and we saw this on the student side as well, are more likely to want to stay closer to home. Overall, most parents want their child to stay closer to home now. There have been a lot of changes. Uh, you know, that, that radius of what's comfortable has contracted. So knowing that lower income families want their child to stay closer to home, experiment with campaigns in your local area addressing pricing pain points and affordability. You know, these are things that can double as an awareness campaign, that can shape a reputation as an attainable institution if that's a concern for you. So if that's something you know is an issue, address it head on, knowing that recruiting your backyard uh, is going to be even more important for these students. Use income targeting with your digital marketing as well and share different messages with audiences most likely to inquire or apply. Do some experimentation there, uh, you know, have slightly different messages and you'll see some differences in how they engage and how, they, how likely they are to take that next step, whether that's an inquiry, application, a visit, uh, when you target it based on not only geography, but income. So one last poll here. Uh, as you submit questions, if you have anything, drop those in the chat box. Uh, we want to know how this fall is coming. They will share the results with this to help serve as some benchmarks for you. Uh, but yeah, as you, as you have questions, just drop those in and Kira will help me out with those. Yeah, so majority of you, or almost the majority, looks like, uh, are on track, uh, but more likely to be behind than ahead. Uh, there's still some time here, but that, that matches with what I've been hearing in conversations with peers. So I will share that out so that you all have some benchmark data. Okay, so Q&A here. Uh, I'll let Kira start asking some of these. Just a reminder that we'll send out a follow-up email with the recording, the slides, some additional insights, uh, just all, all coming up here. Yeah, well, so um, could you give us an example of how to market to parents? Yeah, uh, so it, I would vary it based on stage. So at the inquiry and prospect stage, try to talk about what, you know, who your institution is. You can't assume that just because a student is researching you, the parent even knows that student has inquired or is considering you. So talk about who you are, what support you offer. We see safety is such a big thing. So talk about the safety, talk about the reputation, uh, but frame it all in a way that really gets to what these concerns are that you're hearing from parents. Uh, once you get into the application stage, that's where you can start shifting more towards uh, what are what are our affordability or our affordability options? So scholarships, what the rest of the process looks like, what what they should expect of you, and what you expect of the student and the family, uh, and just address things head on. Uh, once you get into that, they're accepted. Really start looking at some of these affinity programs. So connecting parents to each other, uh, sharing more testimonials, more information. Just how can we link and build affinity with parents to 
the same types of things you're doing with students. The parents are heavily involved, so think about the thing that works on your campus, what's a parent version of that look like? Whether that's, you know, at our, we, we have an open house, you know, let's separate the students and parents, let the parents get their questions asked, uh, let the parents connect with each other, while the students can do the same, connecting with current students, faculty, coaches, whatever. So when writing communications that are directed towards parents, um, what's the best way to address parents? Is it better to address them by like their first and last name, or do you want to tie them to their relationship with the students? So like, hi, parent of John, for example. Yeah, that gets a little tough because you don't always know their full name and you don't want to make assumptions of last names. And so, uh, you know, it, it may be a case where the people they list or the people who are there, it could be grandparents rather than parents. Um, I would go with the same thing. We see that when you add dear Will or dear whatever, when you get overly formal, uh, you lose some credibility with the students. Um, so I would do a test. I always recommend experimenting first. Uh, do a test without a greeting line, uh, just because that's how most people write to each other now. If you think about when you're sending an email, when you're sending a text, uh, how often do you start with a formal dear whomever? So do a quick experiment of, hi, I'm such and such from this university. Uh, we know that, that insert name here is looking at our college. We want to make sure that you felt welcome too and just jump right into it. Uh, run that test. It, it, you let me know if you do because I'm always interested in data. Uh, but you're much less likely to be sort of written off as, oh, this is a form email. This isn't, um, you know, this wasn't directed towards me. It's, it's more personalized when you don't have that formal greeting. So in this survey, um, how was close to home defined? Was that within a specific radius or was that just based on a parent's conception of close to home? Yeah, just parents' conception for the sense that, uh, you know, I, I've, I've seen people who only think close is only within their city limits. And I've seen people as you get to Western states of, well, close is, you know, three hours away. So we just wanted to approach it as, you know, what's, I want them to stay close to home. So I think we all can agree that opposite side of the state or two states away, probably not. Um, I'm certainly open to in the future giving defined radius. Um, but I'm much more interested in was their perception. So how would you recommend changing uh, marketing and outreach language um, to various income groups? Mm -hmm. uh, the language itself, and again, experiment, but if you're, you know that safety is important across the board, uh, let's get into the next step of reputation. Uh, you will typically see the higher income, and we've, we've seen this in other uh, surveys, higher income brackets care much more about rankings in terms of, uh, in terms of reputation. So really tout your different rankings there uh, to those upper incomes. They're more likely to care about, um, you know, how many, how many Fulbright scholars have you had? How many Nobel laureates do you have? Those are the groups who care about that type of thing. Uh, at lower income brackets, you know the pain points. You know, they want to know, is it affordable? Is it a place where I'm going to feel 
accepted if I'm a first-generation student, for example. Um, so just try a few different things. Um, look at uh, if you've been running digital ads and you've been doing some experimentation there, see what phrasing, see what imagery is working uh, when you filter results by income brackets. Uh, but on the lower income side, address the, the affordability concerns right away. Address the community concerns at the upper income brackets. Get into the rankings. Get into the, uh, you know, we're going to wave our flag of excellence there. Um, but yeah, that, that should be a good starting point. And how can these insights be applied to colleges with rolling admissions? Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, rolling admissions is, is how most colleges operate. Uh, I would say there's not really a big difference. I mean, you if you look, I'm willing to bet that your yield rates are very different based on when a student comes in as an inquiry. Now, that's not the same as when they started uh, researching, but this holds true. I mean, if, if a student, if you're a private institution with rolling admission and a student is coming to you in the summer for the first time, you're less likely to enroll that student than if you're a public or a two-year. Uh, so gain to know what is going on with that student. You know, are they coming to you for the first time because you've been on the radar all this time? They didn't get into their first or second option. Okay, that's a student who has been researching a long time. If they're coming to you in May or June, and says, oh, I just started thinking about college, you know you're not as likely to yield them. So help them learn about your institution, uh, but also let them know about transfer pathways, knowing that those students are much more likely to start at a community college. If they're coming in and aren't quite ready yet, be there and be supportive and help them in case they don't yield so they still think highly of you when they're ready to. So are there certain forms of communication that um, parents respond to better than their children? I don't have any data on that. We see, we do see, I mean, here we saw safety is the number one concern. That's not the number one concern for students. Um, I, haven't, I haven't seen any good research on specific phrasing or, or things there, uh, but we do know just from comparing this survey to our fall student survey uh, that safety is is more of a factor for parents uh, and just addressing that head on. And then um, do you have an idea, um, maybe an idea of like how many, what percentage of inquiries have their parent email addresses attached? Do you think it's like on the lower side or on the higher side? Uh, it would depend on your inquiry form. Uh, I would say I, I'm always an advocate of smaller forms. Collect as little as you need up front so you can get in your system. But then, as I mentioned, have a supplemental form. You know, address it early on and say, hey, if you'd like your, your parents to be kept in the loop about upcoming events, upcoming deadlines, uh, so they can learn more about us, here's the form you can fill out for that. Uh, that way, you don't have to ask it and have 47 questions uh, up front just to become an inquiry. Keep it at six to 10 questions. They get in your system, and then you can ask those follow-ups. How have other institutions gone about finding current parents to kind of um, to introduce to existing parents or parents that are currently going through the application process? Mm -hmm. Yeah. If your student life has sort of a, um, you know, parent council or anything like that, it, it's something that sometimes 
advancement zones, sometimes student affairs zones. If you don't have any of that type of thing, look for something that you can partner with them on and have a joint enrollment and student life uh, parents council where parents can be kept up to date. Uh, they can volunteer to support with things. Uh, but just just be upfront and say, hey, we're, we're looking for parents who can help work with existing, with, with incoming prospective parents to answer their questions. Uh, right now, that would be an awesome virtual event. Just have something, hey, we're doing a 20 or 30 minute chat. Uh, we have a few current parents uh, who will answer your questions. Hold that, send it out to students and parents. If you don't have parent emails, send it to students and say, hey, if this is something that your parents have been asking you about uh, or are curious about, you can forward it on to them. Uh, but yeah, that's that's one way to engage them. Just you have all that information from when they enroll, so work with what you have. And so do parents consider current student reviews at all when they look at colleges? Yeah. Um, most reviews are going to come from current or recent students. Um, they want to know what their student will experience. Best way to do that is to talk to current students. Uh, you see parents, I mean, think about the number of times. Uh, I'm sure you've all seen parents fill out inquiry forms or, or other pieces on your site pretending to be a student even. Uh, just to get uh, uh, get more of an idea of what that experience is like. Uh, so they want to know what the current students are doing. Uh, I mean, talk to your social media team. You'll see a lot of parents engaging with your content, engaging with your student videos, uh, your student blogs, things like that. So absolutely, they want to know what their child will experience. And you also mentioned that a college website is a pretty important um, resource for parents. Um, do you recommend like having a, a specific section for parents on your college website? Yeah, you certainly can uh, and, and measure engagement with that. Uh, I mean, address some of those. I mean, have a parent portal where you, if you have, if you have specific parent-centered content. If you don't, Think of every page on your site as, as an admissions piece already. And so have your stats, have an easy way to fill out an inquiry form, share student stories, whether that's on your academic pages. Your academic pages are not there for your current students. Your academic pages are there for the rest of the world. So have those as a recruiting tool where they can, they'll have current student stories, alumni pieces, faculty profiles and videos, um, you know, rankings information, easy ways to apply and, and inquire on every single page. Um, that's going to be your, your best resource. But if you have a lot of good parent-centric information, build a parent portal and just make sure that it's easily accessible from everywhere. And do parents pay attention to social media? So your Facebook, your Instagram? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Uh, that's something that uh, your social media team will will definitely tell you. They can tell you which parents are highly engaged. Um, they're going to be sharing pieces. In fact, Facebook is almost all going to be your current prospective parents as well as alumni. Um, so yeah, absolutely, they're looking everywhere. Okay, well, it looks like we've answered everyone's questions. Great. Um,
Yeah, so just as a final reminder, just as Will said, um, that email with a copy of the slides and a recording of this presentation will be going out. And then we'll also have this recording available on our Enrollment Insights blog, where you will also be able to view the full insights. Um, thank you so much, everyone, for joining us today, and we hope to see you at our next webinar. All right. Thank you.